This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay, so we're officially in Hilchas uh, Pesach mode. Pesach is coming. You know, uh, so let's talk about the kitchen from all the rooms in the in the in the house. Obviously, I think the kitchen <laughs> I would have thought at this point Everyone goes away, so no one, no one learns these halachas anymore. The truth is we'll talk about it. Kasher and Kalim is, is ready, not even taught anymore. Because no one kashers anymore, everyone has Pesach dishes. It used to be, people, I remember when I used to live in Kew Gardens, in the big show where I grew up, they had a uh, kashering every, every, uh, every, right, right, they still have it in the young Israel of, of, of uh, in Queens they have it. Uh, every, every year they have uh, kashering. I don't know who comes. I think today everyone either has throwaway. They have special Pesach dishes. I don't know, but people are still kashering. We'll talk about it. But the kitchen, if for those who stay home for Pesach, the kitchen is a very important part of the house for a lot of reasons. So tonight we're going to try to discuss the kitchen, how to clean it, how to prep it, and ultimately how to kasher it. So let's start off with a very famous Shulchan Aruch. This Shulchan Aruch is a very, very misused Shulchan Aruch. So we got to learn it right. Says the Mechabah number one. Noagu ligarer haksolim. The minute used to be is to wash down the walls. The hakisois and the chairs shenaga behem chametz. So this is the makar where people do spring cleaning for Pesach cleaning. Because says in Shulchan Aruch, he's supposed to wipe down the walls. Says in Shulchan Aruch, v'yesh lehem amash yismachu, and they have who to rely on. Even though most of us would assume no one licks off the walls, no one eats the walls. Says in Shulchan Aruch, you should clean the walls. Says the Mishnah Ratzalayma, dein lilloi galaminek. Says the Mishnah don't make fun of people who wash down their walls before Pesach. Why? Don't call them crazy and uh, over, over, over from and over this. Says the Mishnah Buru, they're not so crazy. There's a shtickle smach from Yerushalmi. Apparently they used to put some form of a betzek, some form of a dough on the walls. So you have to get rid of that. So they used to wash down the walls before Pesach to rid the walls of any chametz. So this is the Makar where people say, you see, you have to do spring cleaning before Pesach. Exactly, that's the mistake, right? Says the Sharetzian, Says the Sharetzian, not so fast. You don't have a rai from here that you have to wash down the walls. That's because then the mamash was, was, was chametz on the walls. But it doesn't mean you have to wash down every wall because maybe you had a little crumb on your finger and you touched the wall. The imamish used to use on the walls, they used to use chametz. So therefore says the Sharetzin, you don't have a raya that you have to wash down the walls from that Yushami. That Yushami was talking about a case where they used to use for the walls dvarim ha-chametz. But you shouldn't make fun of it either. Now, comes along in this in Karelitz and he says, not so fast. He says, I don't get it. When do I have to wash down the walls? Now, let's example, let's, you look at this wall. You don't see any chametz oozing off the walls, right? Now, let's say you go to your house, right? Unless you have little kids running around, you look at the, your walls, probably you don't have chametz oozing off the walls. So you still have to sit to wash down the walls? So he writes, Yesh line. This minute that they wipe down the walls. That's because, let's say, you look at the walls, and you see taka, you see, you know, handprint of chocolate, right? Some kid, you know, swipe the chocolate, and he put it onto the wall. So you see, Says, he thinks this whole minig is only when you actually see something on the wall. 
It's not really a problem because it's going to be accomplished with bittel. And there's no chashem and yoichel because no one's eating off the walls. We still have a minog to wipe it down. However, this is the best part. This is only if it's practical that there's some chametz actually there. Okay, the kitchen, very possible. You don't have to go to your, you know, bedroom wall and start wiping it down. Because there's no likelihood that there's chametz on the bedroom wall. So what people do is, I know people, they wash down the windows. What are you washing down the windows for? That's spring cleaning. It's not Pesach cleaning. Even if you want to try to play me this Mechabit, the Mechabit says you wash down the walls. He means walls, according to this in Karel, it's where you actually see Chametz on. Or he means walls of a place where it's possible there's Chametz on it. But Stamze, the walls in, in, in your den, the walls in the, you know, there's no reason to wipe down the walls, there's no reason to wipe down the chairs. Yeah. It is, but it's not going to be the point where... Right, it's not very lachila. But back then it used to be they had this, whatever they were using was more edible, I guess. Today no one's going to eat the stuff that's in the wallpaper. You know, uh, no matter how hungry you are. But Lamaisa, uh, I'm only bringing this up because this is, you know, those people that are very into doing spring cleaning, they'll tell you it's a machaber. But that's not really what the Mechaber says. You gotta learn the Mechaber right. Mechaber is talking about a case where there's real chash on the wall. So if you talk, I have a house with his mama show sandwich stuck on the wall. Okay, I don't think most of us live like that. So then, uh, but again, there are parts of, uh, the high chair is always the problem. The high chair is always the problem. Because there's so much embedded in the high chair. What's your car? The car is impossible to clean for Pesach with little kids. I'll be honest with you. It's almost impossible to clean. You gotta basically, uh, you know, th- what, what they do is now, they just pour, uh, you know, uh, bleach everywhere and make everything nifsalachil's kelvin. It still doesn't work. Every year, I, I hire someone to clean the car, and every year with that, I find chomitz mamish, chomitz gomadereisa. Every year. Pretzels, crackers, it's edible, it's fine. It's almost impossible to clean. I, to me, that's the hardest thing to clean is the car. The rest of the house you can manage. The car is mamish, mamish impossible. Okay? So this is a, 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 a non-real makar for going over crazy with the kitchen. But again, a nena re'inu that people go over crazy, overboard, and they wash things that don't need to be washed. But this is not a shayla of ablia. This is a shayla of chametz ben. I just put down, just once we're on the topic, so Shmuel Vazna already writes, Ka'ayoyim sha'kelim bezol. Today, kelim are pretty cheap. So all the flickness came from Pesach. He thinks it's better to buy Pesach dishes. So we did have a shear, I think a few years ago, it's online, where we did talk about kashering and hagol and all that, but it's not commonly done today. Today, the only time people kasher is when they trade something up. When you trade up something, to then you have to know how to kasher it. But really, no one kashers kalim anymore today. The only thing they still kasher is the, is the oven, the sink, and the countertops, if you, even that much. Which we'll get to today's share, the Kiddush Cups. Yeah, we'll get to that today's share. Right, Kiddush Cups, right? We'll talk about that. But um, it's by and large a lost talent. Meaning it's ironic because a big bulk of Hilchas, of Hilchas Hagolah that we use for Bas Bechalov is actually in Hilchas Pesach. Simitofen and Alf, Simitofen and Bays. But most of it is not really used for Pesach because we just buy new or we have separate dishes or we, we do throw away. It could be. Again, if you're you know tight on money, it still could be very negair. Now once we're on the topic of Kalim, I just want to mention... So obviously everyone, everyone sells the chametz before, I shouldn't say everyone, many people sell the chametz before Pesach. We had a share, we discussed this in previous years, selling chametz, and not just the chametz, that whole controversy. But the question is, what about the chametz that's belua in the pot? 
Right? We, we, we learned a lot of Basmachal this year, Baruch Hashem. So we know there's this magical thing in the pot called Blias. You have absorption. Right? You had a pot that you cooked in it every single day, Chametz. Let's say you have a macaroni pot. So on a macaroni pot, it's tricky because you can have the end. You can have actually little pieces of macaroni that get stuck to the pot. If you've ever washed out a macaroni pot, you know it's hard to wash. Those pieces really get stuck well onto the macaroni pot. But let's say you clean it, there's no, there's no, there's no macaroni, but there's bleas. I cooked in there hot chametz. So what do I do with those bleas? Do I sell those bleas to the guy? Do I sell the pot to the guy? So we spoke about this in many, many shurim. You don't sell the pot to the guy because then you're going to have to table it when you buy it back. You want to have to table all these kalim when you, when you buy them back? So we don't. But there's a chuva over here from Rebbe Yashiv. Now, many Rabbonim will sell dirt attached to the kli. Again, every, every Rav has their own shtar, what we call today the shtar hasha. That's the letter that the rabbi is, uh, again, I love when people say, I sold my chametz to the Rav. The Rav also has a nisa chametz, believe it or not. I mean, you ask the rabbi to be your agent, fine. So when, when you, the rabbi becomes your, the agent for you, so many Rabbonim, I have this on my shtar hasha, we write any food that's, that's stuck to, the, to a dish. I'm not selling the dish. I'm selling chametz that's stuck to the dish. I'm not selling bleas. I'm not selling you the bleas. I'm selling to the guy. If let's say, for example, you have a, a noodle pot that has noodles stuck on it, but it's not, uh, you can't get it off. So that little stick noodle is sold to the guy, but not the pot and not the bleas. So, but the guy is going to buy that? Uh, so let's see. So Rebbe has a tshuva, because then you're going to have to table it when you buy it back from him. That's a shayla. It's a question. Some place can make it, but then you run into that shayla. So again, every year someone comes to me and says, I, I want to sell my pot. I said, you don't want to sell your pot, because if you sell your pot, you're going to have to table it after Pesach, maybe. So, so you sell your whole house, lock, stock, and barrel, that would also fall within the category of having to be doubled? No, so you don't really sell that. You don't really sell your house. You, you sell, you sell it all. He, again, he means he's selling all the chametz. Right, all the chametz, but I'm never selling any of the kalim. Just the chametz. So a lot of people say, again, this is something you want to look at your shtar hashor. You're selling chametz that's stuck to kalim. Let's say, for example, you have sticky residue, you want to make sure you sell that also. But Rabbi Yashiv has a tshuva of number six where he writes, Ulafiya halacha hapsuka b'shulchanarach semetofnan alaf. Hariafilu kelim habluim harbe mechamit, even if you have a kli that's saturated with bleas, ain't all of shuv chiv lamach. You don't have to sell that kli. We'll talk about it, you just put it away. You put it in a room that people don't go. But there is no chiv to sell a blea full pot. He says, I grad a sword differently but here he says that Chazanish used to sell Blias also. I saw quoted that the Chazanish would not sell Blias. But here Abliyashib says that the Chazanish would sell Blias. Right? So my my problem, and then I found this is what Abliyashib, I don't see how there's a market for Blias. They tell the guy, I'm selling you the bleas. What, what's the worth of a blea? Bishlam, the little piece that's left on the pot, it's bad. Again, but even on Amazon, I don't think you can buy bleas, right? What do you do with a blea? What's a blea? What's it worth? So it's time to be Ashiv. Tzarechim, the shame mahuzaka klal limkres ablua. Gam tzarechim, chal mechira al tam of alim amoshay. So it's Ashiv. I'm not sure if you can have a sale. How do you sell that? How do you have a sale? I'm selling you, you know, uh, try explaining to a guy, I'm selling him a blea. It's, uh, very hard. It's like you tell the guy, I'm selling you the ear that's in my backyard. Oh, what is that? So Rabbi Yashiv was more skeptical. Again, that's, that's what people always come to. They say, how can I, you know, people have a misconception. It's a misconception that you can't sell open things. Right? I'm sure many people heard this. You can't sell open things. You can only sell chumas things that are closed. That's absolutely not true. That's totally 100% made up. It's, it's uh, not true. Why do people have that in their head? Because they think 
When I go to the store, I don't buy things that are open. I can't tell a little secret. This is a little different than when you go to the store. So if the guy's willing to buy it, then the guy's willing to buy it. So I have no problem. I tell the guy, listen, I'm selling you open bo- boxes of cereal and open boxes. You have no problem with that. But I think if I tell him I'm selling you ear, I'm selling you a balia, that's already... Again, there is a market for something that's opened. People would buy an open box of cereal. I'm saying it's... it's we wouldn't do it because we go to the store, we expect a full box that's closed. But it's not, it's not uh, uh, you know, unheard of. So again, my policy is I'll sell anything that someone's willing to buy. But it has to be that the, the guy is willing to buy it. So this is just a little background. Again, not to the Gerasugya, but when you talk about um, what you sell to the guy, so you sell chametz to the guy. You don't sell the pots, you don't sell the bleeds, but you will sell any chametz that's attached to to that. Now let's talk about that. So now we're back into the kitchen. Let's talk a little bit about the dishes that you are not using over Pesach. So again, assuming you're not going to kasher all your chametz dishes, where do you put them? What do you do with them? So the Shulchan Aruch writes in Tov Nun Aleph, Kedei Rishal Cheres, let's say you have pots of Cheres. Now what's unique about Cheres? You can't kasher it. It's uncasherable. There's no way to kasher Cheres. Sheinishtamish ben chometz kol hashan, that use for chometz, right? all your fleshy good dishes, all your Shabbos dishes and your milky good dishes, it's all belua chometz. You're not using it on Pesach because it's, uh, it's full of chometz. And you're not, you're kashering it, so what do you do with it? So says the Shulchan Aruch, Afilu oisim shoisim bem daitso minei kemachim. Even those things that you made rice and other porridges out of, mishavshifim hetev be'en be'en yishla yechametz nikabem. What you should do is clean them, make sure there's no real chametz be'en. Now again, we have to remember in the kitchen there are two concerns. One is be'en. There's actual chametz somewhere in the kitchen. And the other concern is belias. Those are our two concerns that we're going to work with in the kitchen. One is chametz mamish. There's a piece of chametz somewhere in the kitchen. Or uh, uh, stuck to a kli, or stuck to a pot, or stuck to the oven. And the other issue is belias. Belias means, as we know, things that are absorbed in different things. But here I'm talking about a pot that I'm not using over Pesach. I'm putting it away. So the first thing you got to do is you got to clean it, says the Shulchan Aruch. And then you got to put it away. Where do you put it? Umutu lahashoyson laachra Pesach. You leave it. You put it away for Pesach in a private area. In an area you don't frequently go. So now, if you have a very big house, this is great. Let's say you have a really small house. So you have, we, we, I go to every room. Where am I supposed to put it? So the Shulchan Aruch is supposed to put it in a place where you don't normally go. Because what's the chash? We're afraid that you're going to go, uh, you know, for the Seder, you're going to take a plate from the normal cabinet and put it where you normally keep it, and you're going to put it on the plate, and you're going to have uh, a problem of chametz dikkah dishes. Says the Mechaber, It's good, it's best to lock them up in a room and hide the key. Okay, that's not always so practical. I mean, you've got to have a lot of space. So the Shulchan Aruch says, get it away from traffic. Now, the problem is, let's say, so if you have a larger house, so you put it somewhere in a den in the basement, you put it in a side room, and you forget about it. Let's say you don't have so much space, and you want to keep it in the kitchen. Well, depending, right. You know, uh, 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 so we're going to see, but where does that come from? Who says tape? We'll get to all that. So let's see. Says the Mishnah Bura, what's going on over here? Again, same thing if you use them as an eroy. So again, just uh, remind ourselves a little bit about Basar B'chala, but really about, about uh, Belias. So we have what's called a Klirishin, Klisheni, and then eroy. What's a Klirishin? A Klirishin is a pot on top of the fire. So let's say I have a noodle pot that I cook noodles in it. That's a Klirishin. A Klisheni is, is, let's say, my plate. My plate, what do I do with my plate? I take my plate, I take from the pot, I put it onto my plate, so my plate would probably be either irikli or klisheni. Then we have, let's say, the counters. 
let's say your counter or your kitchen table. How would chametz end up on your counter or your kitchen table? Not, it's not going to be klirishin. So either it will be like a iroi or a pour, or maybe you'll have what's called a dover gush. A dover gush means if, let's say, for example, I had a hot piece of chametz that retains its heat even after it's off the fire. So let's say, for example, um, a baked potato is a great example of a dover gush. Now, a baked potato is not potentially chametz, but the point is anytime you have a food that retains its heat. How do you know if it retains its heat? When you open it up, the steam comes out. All those things you burn your tongue on, I always tell my kids, that's a Dover Gush. They're like, what does that mean? I said, when you learn Bishal, you'll know what I mean. That's a Dover Gush. It means it retains its heat. Right, right now you break your tongue, but you'll realize later that those are the things that retain their heat even after they're off the fire. Okay. It's always a solid. It's usually a solid. And usually when you open it up, it's like, whoa, the smoke comes up and hits you and then you realize it was too hot to eat. So that could also have fallen on your table or on your, or on your counter. So let's see. So the Mishnah says again, you have Kalim that were used as a cliche or an irit. Shalcheris. Hu adin shar Kalim she'enim shalcheris. It's not only cheres, which is unkasherable. Same thing it made a ratzal agilon. If I have utensils, which I don't plan on kashering. I do the same thing. I do the same thing. I clean them and I put them away. The Shulchan Aruch talk about the typical case. Says the Mr. Buru, but the way it used to be was that we weren't so like today. So if I had a clean that I could kasher, I kashered. It wasn't like, oh, I decided to have two sets of dishes for Pesach and for, and for Chumash. They weren't so, uh, wasn't so available. So if it says the Mishnah Bura, so the only time you'd have a kli that you didn't cash over Pesach would be something which is not cash or a bowl, like Kheris. But today, it's all our dishes. All our dishes that we use during the year, we don't plan on cashing it. So what do we do with it, says the Mishnah Bura? We clean it and we put it away. Now, I assume that's talking about in those days, because today you really don't have to clean it. It was clean when you put it back in the cabinet. Also, back, again, because we do a good job cleaning things. Also, back then, their vessels were not nearly as smooth as us. They had much more crevices and things got stuck. But even today, I'm telling you, come to my house, I'll show you my, 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 my noodle pots. There's still chametz ben on there. No Shiloh. Yeah. yeah, maybe I don't do a good job washing them, but yeah. there's definitely chametz. Noodles are very hard to get off. So noodles are very, is a mamosh is very hard to get off the pot. Are you going to talk about uh, dishwashers? Hopefully next week. Hopefully next week, if we have time. My wife's Ho- hopefully next week so we'll try it. Next week we got to do ovens and dishwashers if time allows us. I said no. She goes, yeah, game changer. Find out. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are those that are making, that's for sure. So hopefully next week we'll get to that. So, um, so let's see this Mr. Brewer number nine. Says the Mr. Brewer. An interesting idea. Says the Mr. Brewer, Yesh noigim l'sadek li b'dil shachamitz b'soich habayis b'goiva ha'koysel b'mokim she'en yad magas l'sham. Interesting practice. They used to hang the dishes like high up on the wall. It was like, you know... Uh, like in the restaurants. Right? They had these dishes. But these were dishes that they used for chametz. They wouldn't... They'd hang them up on the wall high up as like a decoration on Pesach. So the problem is, how can you have them hanging around the house? Says the Mishnah Buru, Says the Mishnah Buru, don't fight them. Don't make a machah. Don't start yelling and screaming. Why? אַפְפִּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּּ
If you would have a, a, a pot that you would have over left by mistake from chametz, would it be a ben yoyman? No way. There's no way it would be a ben yoyman. Your wife doesn't know you have chametz for already a week before Pesach. What are we fooling, right? So it's definitely not a ben yoyman. So what are, what are we so worried about? So the truth is we're going to have to see it's on the end of the book that we talk about there's a fundamental if a ben yoyman is even a problem at all. Because we know ben yoyman is nice and time of kam. The, the, the time is really shvach. So is it even a problem at all? So us Ashkenazim amachim for nice and time of kam. But points out to Mishnah it's very often many of these kalim are really clichés. Let's say for example a plate. Right, a plate is probably going to be first of all it's going to be nice and time of kam. It's more than twenty four hours. It's most likely a cliche. He has no beliefs in it anyways. So what are we getting so nervous about? So that's why the Mishnah Bureau let the practice of the people that used to hang the dishes. They didn't hang dishes that were actively used for hot chametz uh, five minutes ago. They were used for chametz two days ago. They were used really as a cliche in the orlet signing. So therefore the Mishnah Bureau wasn't so stressed about it. But he does conclude, which means all our pots, which even if we wanted to fetch and say they're not really ben yoimos, it's best not to have them around the Pesach dishes and the Pesach table. Says the Mishnah Bureau, why should you hide the key? So this is a very important Mishnah Bureau. Mishnah Bureau explains over this whole trick. It's not a charade, hide the key so you don't know where it is. The point is, it's supposed to remind you that this is the Pesach dishes. This is the Pesach cabinet. This is Pesach. Don't go here. That's the way the Mishnah Bureau writes. So what do most people do today? Most people have our dishes in the kitchen and we put something up. Where does that come from? It's a hetta from Ramosh. If you look over in number eight, in number ten, exactly, exactly, right. So if you just leave it the way it is, the same place where you keep the pots all year long, that's a problem. But if you do something that reminds you of no, this is uh, the Pesach, this is the Chametz section, it's okay. So that hetta that I think almost uh, most Jews use today, it was based on Ramosh. If you take a look at number ten, they say for Oil Yaakov, you write to Ulanian Mskiras Delis Bedevek. Most people they close the door with some form of a tape. That works just as good as hiding the key. Who? Das again. Reb Moshe Feinstein move up a safe Hilchas Pesach like Reb Shimon Eider. This was found by Reb Moshe, quoted by Reb Shimon Eider. Kemoi atznas amavtech vechein das again. Reb Shlomo Zaman Orbach. That was also the opinion of Reb Shlomo Zaman Orbach. So that's what the, most of us are saying. Mechan, <coughs> we tape up the areas where the chametz dishes are. This way, when we, if we're even going to accidentally, we'll see tape. We'll say, oh, can't go there, and this way you will not end up uh, running into a shadow. Now, the truth is, most likely, even if you'll take out a pot, that pot will probably be, again, a pot will be Eine Ben Yoyma. it will definitely be a Klerishan, but it will be, most likely, be an Eine Ben Yoyma, which has more leniencies built in. So this is what most of us do, we tape the area, we make some form of a hacker to remind us that this is the Chametz Dikha section. Meaning, if let's say, for example, it wouldn't necessarily be considered the raisadik trafing up of the food. Let's say, for example, you'd cook an egg in it, right. so that egg wouldn't necessarily, you know, be. You would, you would eat it? I, would, I didn't say that. <laughs> but uh, the bigger problem is if you'd cook it and put it somewhere else. Okay. So we want to just remind ourselves. So if it's. A, egg would be okay, no? um, if you hold there's no bleeds through the shell, maybe. Okay. That's a Shiloh. That's a question. That's a question. That's a question. Okay. That's a question with... No, the, uh, okay. that, that's a couple different Shilohs there. But okay. Let's take a look at number 11. Which one I should keep it just for Pesach. So if you take a look over at number 11 from Shmuel Kamenetsky, he writes an interesting thing. He says, he says like this, He says, what happens if you have it in the regular... Let's say you have your Kalim in the regular place. You don't move them at all. You leave them in the exact same place, which many people do. 
They just, uh, they leave it in that kitchen. They don't move it. So he writes, They don't move it. He wants to say that, that that's considered that you don't go there. Because on Pesach you don't open those cabinets and those doors. But it's so normal to go there. Right? Again, if you're going to leave it in your regular spot where you keep all your pots and pans, it's very likely on Pesach you'll come to take it out. Herschel Shachter once said in his says every year he gets a Shiloh from a Talmud who thought he was going to be the husband of the year and decides to make breakfast on Chalamai because his wife worked so hard preparing Pesach and he always took out the Chalamai's the Kapat. He says every year he gets the Shiloh. Some husband thinking he's going to be so great and he always puts out the Chalamai's the Kapat to make scrambled eggs or whatever he's making. Uh, so just know the kitchen well. Be familiar with the kitchen. Right? Uh, so I guess let's say for example you're going to make matzah brai. So you're going to take matzah brine, you're going to put it in, or you make uh, kibruxta pancakes or whatever else they have today, and you're going to put it in the melchika, the chametz tikapat. You fry it in the chametz tikapat. Okay. So he writes, Shalachain tzarech lechasos ha-kelim. So this is interesting. He writes, you have to cover the kelim, b'fnim, b'toich ha-migiyoros, v'gam l'aniach olav simmah v'chos. He has this kiddush, that not only do you have to put like a reminder, you have to cover everything. You ever been to people's homes that break fronts are covered? I never understood this. I thought it was a chum ba'am. What are you covering? The purpose is that you don't see it. I don't get it. You shouldn't use the Kaylee. Right. So what does covering do? It's a further It's another hacker. It's a hacker upon a hacker. What I do is I have, let's say, like in the curio, in the dining room, I put up a piece of wallpaper on the inside of the glass in a curio. Right, right, right. I, I got that. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. I just don't understand why. He doesn't understand why you do it. I know you do it. I know a lot of people do it. My wife makes me do it also. I just don't understand it. I would definitely go to it. It's not even a shower. If you tape it? Uh, yeah, that's where my shelf is. good enough. I don't know. The point of all this shtick over here is just supposed to stop you and be like, oh, Taka, this is like a, a no-fly zone. You know? Don't go here. So you tell me, so I guess the Vardas and people need extra reminders. Okay, fine. So he writes over here, you need to do both. And you also have to put a That will stop you from, you know, second nature. Okay. I don't, I don't think Maker Adin, you have to uh, block out your, uh, your, uh, the whole, what's it called? Um, the break front, right? You have a beautiful break front. Yeah, again, Bifrat, what, what's in your break front is most likely not a problem anyways. Most of the stuff in your break front is not used for hot. Okay, the one thing I have in my break front is the chalm pot. The chalm pot, that's already tricky. That's already used with hot. That's very, and that, a lot of that stuff might even be dovagush there. Yeah, the potatoes are already cooked with the, with the barley, so that might be the only thing I can think of, and at least in mind, that's a problem. Everything else is just a cake platter. Cake platter is a, you don't have hot cake. And now we'll get to the bechers in a second. I know Jake wants to talk about the bechers, we'll get to that. It's one of my pet peeves also, the bechers. But again, again, I have no time if you want to cover it. I just don't exactly understand why. But okay. Minigab is saying to be a demon, that's what the Alta Babas did back in Europe, okay? We do it also. Two questions. When he yeah. gets his rabbi, he's talking about. Uh, no, this is a Kaivet oh, Allah. This is a climb in clothing of Shmuel Kamenetsk. Uh, yeah. And who's the old Yaakov? Yaakov oh. He's a native of Kuran Hills, rather. He's a, he's a young guy. He's a my age, young guy. He's a big Tamachachim. He writes a lot of Swarm. His Swarm are beautiful. All the Swarm are called the Earl Yaakov. He lives in Israel now. He writes letters to all the Gedalim. So every Sefer he says, I spoke to this Gedalim about this and about that. It's a very, very nice Sefer. He has all the latest Swarm. Nice, uh, nice Sefer. Okay. So he has always the latest and the greatest of what the contemporary place can have to say. So again, this is a Shul Kamenetsky quote. Again, I think it's a Chumrah. I think it's a Chumrah. Unless you say that the tape doesn't work for you. 
Okay, so then the tape doesn't work for you. Then you talk, have to do something better. So Nitzik Avriel, I was a little surprised. Avriel Tzinner, Chesidisha. Chesidisha, he writes, So you can't see the stuff. So if you want to be so machmer, all you have to do is just put a piece of tape. I thought like him. I didn't, you don't have to cover it up. Like uh, Again, most of the stuff in there is probably not a problem anyways. But the point is that the whole idea of this halach is just to be a reminder. So Rav Moshe said, Rav Moshe said, the tape is good enough. So he put a good piece. Again, I don't mean like a flimsy piece of tape. A nice sturdy piece of tape that if you try to open it, you'll get pushed back and then you'll remind yourself that it's Pesach and that's be good enough. Okay. Now let's see. Um, <clears throat> so he writes over here, um, what about the, the Bechers? There's a big Shaila. What about Bechers? So many people have in their uh, china closet, in the break front, they have the Bechers. So do the Bechers need to be kasha? I'm not talking about using it for Pesach. Oh, we'll get to we'll get. Right, right, Okay, we'll get to that. So the Shailah says, two Shailahs. First of all, let's say I want to use the same Becher. That's Shailah number one. <laughs> Who could forget him? What do you mean? The Shailah number one is, do I have to kasha my Becher? Shailah number two is, do I have to make myself crazy if I have a Becher in my break front? That I have to be oiske cheshbind about, about that. So if Shmuel Kamenetsky writes this, he says... Right, so, so the question is like this. There is, there, so, so strictly speaking, there's no... Strictly speaking, there's no chametz that really ends up in your becher. That's hot. And the becher is only used for cold. Ah, one second. We know, more than, we know that's not so simple. We know there's such a thing called... Right, we had the whole sugya of sherry cask. Right, sherry cask is not hot either because we know this kavush. If something is is, is is preserved, the answer is no one leaves. You don't leave chametz dikawani in your becha for twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. You're lucky if you make it through the meal, right? So that's so where's the chash chametz over here? Oh, that's your even in Timsaloimer, a guy would decide to let's say pour schnapps into the becha. I've seen people do that. I'll push knobs into the back. Now, the truth is, we really do need to have a share. Maybe we'll get it. Maybe we'll get it in. I don't know. Maybe i if, if we can do it. Is schnapps even chametz? Oh wow! I said, what? What? What schnapps? How do they make schnapps? They take they take barley, they take wheat, and they cook it. There's no there's no pieces of wheat in your, in your schnapps, right? It's it's zaya. So it takes us back to our old sugi about zaya. So maybe if there's time, one day we'll talk about that. But in any case, what could be so wrong with a becher? So the passage is nothing. The becher doesn't need to be kasha because there's nothing there. Now the problem is, is machlokes mechaber rama. I didn't put it on the paper. The machlokes mechaber rama. When you look at objects to be to kasher, do you look at what's roiv tashmishay, the normal way they're used, or do you look at even a mia tashmishay? Let's say, for example, you have a fork. So how's a fork normally used? So normally you say a fork is used to eat on your plate, but sometimes you take the fork to stir the pot. It's not crazy. It's not, it's not, it's not uh, you know, unheard of that you take a fork to turn something on, to move something in the pot. So how do I look at it? So the Pashtis is, the Ramah says, for even me a Even if I use it only very infrequently, when it comes to kashering it, I have to be khoshish even for that miyadika possibility. So that's why, at least from Shmuel Kamenetsky's other opinion, I saw some others, that they think that when it comes to a becher, there is a miyad tashmisha that might, might have come in contact with chametz. Right, it's on the table. There's hot chametz floating around. I'll tell me it's, uh, the statistics are so low. But the Ramah says, we have to be choshish for miyad tashmisha. Now the counter argument is, it's not even miyad tashmisha. You'd have to have a hot what? What hot fell? Because you could have hot chalant that fell into the, into the becher. It's not crazy. It definitely is miyad tashmisha. Right, right, that's all the factors. Right, but again, but then it's already cooled down. 
So Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky writes in number 13, he says, he quotes, and then, Kavit Salach is written by Rabbi Kleinman, he's a Rav in Brooklyn. He quotes from Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky. When he writes, he means Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky. So, he thinks you have to put away the cups that you didn't kasher. Again, back to his old thing again, that if you have things open, you have to worry. Back to this idea that you have to cover it. Okay. Now, skip for a second to number 16. He writes, Cups of the whole year. Leave no cups are used with cold. Right? Let's say your silver... You know, he's talking about glass cups. Yeah, glass cups they use for Shabbos, right? You don't put anything hot in there. You're not going to put your hot soup in there. If you want to use them for Pesach, you have to, again, not if you're Svardi. Svardi don't have to cash a glass. It's a big, big machalik is machab and We spoke about this before. Therefore, says of Shmuel, he thinks you should cash your Bechers. Why? So he writes in the footnote, because me atash He also argues today, if you wash them in the sink together, you might have other problems. Okay. Take it or leave it. You want to, you want to take the Chumrah, don't take the Chumrah. That's what he writes. Right, for the Bechers. That's right, right, 100%. I granted don't use the same Becher for Pesach, but I, I wouldn't, you know. Otherwise, you put it into a, pe- a pe- I know it's a bigger question. What? A Pesach pot or a... How to it? That's a different question. Because you don't want to make the pot uh, get those bullies. So the best would be is if you put it into a, if you put it into a, a well, 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 let's leave that for next week. I don't want to say the wrong thing. So we'll leave it for next week. It's tricky because you don't want to get... So the problem is when you, when you cash or something so the bleas are not floating around in the water. So now where does that bleas go into this pot? So it's, that's where things get a little tricky. So if you're going to cash it into a chametz thicker pot, so then the question is if the chametz thicker goes back into the, into the thing. So that's why it has to be in Ben Yoyma, which we spoke about before. Okay. But then the next week we'll get more, more, more on that topic. Is, is saying that you have it, like, say, in this glass front. China, yeah. And you have some sort of... He holds you have to cover it. He holds you have to cover it. He's a big coverer. I don't... Okay. I don't know. I am, I'm not such a big coverer, but... He thinks that the covering is, is, is necessary, even if you have the tape. Okay. I don't know. Okay, let's talk about the fridge... And, oh, I'm sorry. Let's talk about anything covering number 14. Delas Hamikara. Okay, let's continue on in the, in the kitchen. The door of the fridge. Or the handle of the fridge. So let's work it out over here. The outside, right? So what can be wrong with the fridge? The door handle. So it probably never got a blee on it, right? You probably never poured hot soup on it. And then you're probably not going to pour hot Pesach soup on it. But there's sticky stuff, right? Things get stuck on it. So he writes, You should wash it well. Now, rule number one for the kitchen is everything in the kitchen has to be washed down well. Because we're always worried about, and we're always worried about substance. Now, now, what about bleas? So I, I don't really see what's the chashash of bleas on the door of the, of the fridge. Yet he writes, He said you should cover with silver foil. Okay. What, the handle? The door, the handle, yeah. I don't get it. I don't really understand why. Once you washed it down, again, the chashash is going to be hand-to-hand contact, right? You're going to touch the door. The chametz is going to go on your hand. You're then going to touch your food. And then you're going to, it's going to be in the chametz. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. It seems like a little bit uh, more chomer. Okay. No, but he's not. No, but he's not. 
Again, he, the only reason to cover something is either you're worried, he can't be worried about bleas, right? There's no bleas in the door. He's worried that you didn't get it, which, okay, I think that's, right? so how far are we going to go with this, right? So we'll see. So the next halacha is actually interesting. He talks about a mitator. What's a mitator? A broom, right? A broom. So this is Sohani. He really holds that you can use the same broom for chametz to, pe- from chametz to Pesach. Why? He says, Get rid of all the little, not dirt, chametz, crumbs. Wash it with something that will kill all of it. And that's it, you're good to go. Every year I try to tell my wife this, she never listens to me. She says, you have to get a new broom. It's Ashtate. You gotta get a new broom. He says, you don't need to get a new broom. What do you get a new broom for? Right, so they get, you get the, the machom, it's mamashas out. You don't have to, and then you pour some, whatever you want to pour on it. But then he writes, Let's be honest, the broom is probably the cheapest of the things you're going to buy new for Pesach. Splurge on the broom and get a new broom. Okay, but it's just interesting. Because again, there's no bleas on the broom. The only chashash with the broom is mamashas. So if you clean out the mamashas, you're good to go. Now, let's talk about the freezer. Okay, let's talk about the fridge and the freezer for a second. Now, the fridge and the freezer, what are we worried about? There, there, our real concern is Be'en. We're not really worried about bleas in the fridge and the freezer because you don't really put hot stuff in your fridge and your freezer. It's just not normal. It's not typical. Um, so we're not worried about that. So what are we worried about Be'en? So what really you need to do is wash it out very thoroughly, make sure there's no sticky substance or residue, and clean it out well, and you should be good to go. He well, writes... Even if there is sticky uh, substance or residue, that's not common. Why not? Why is that not common? Why is that not common? I have honey on one of the shelves in my, in my house that is... Regular honey. <laughs> Sticky honey. It's never washed it down. I'm t- I wasn't talking about blobs. I was talking about a I have. In my fridge, I've spilled sauces. That's regular food. I mean, what's, what's, I mean you might not eat it because we're, you know, that's what I mentioned. But uh, it's royal achila. I wouldn't, see, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's not royal achila. So the question is, what do you do after you wash it, wash it down? So he says, that that's it. You're good to go. What do most people do after they wash it down? They line it. So they line it. Yeah, you have to be careful. The place can write that. When you line it, you have to be careful. Now, this is well, it's funny. Go to any kosher grocery store. They're, all the shelves are lined for Pesach. You ever wondered why? What are they worried about exactly? The box that you bought, whatever you bought is going to have hummus on. It's, it's a really a far-fetched shash if you think about it. Oh, in the can. Hey, what, what exactly are we worried about over here? Now, the truth is we'll see it's based on the Mishtabur. It's not, but it's, a, it's also a little bit of a pushing the Chumrah level over here. No, I, I, I thought it was more of a of a, of a lachik but maybe, but uh, right. That's always the chash. Chash always is. We're always, and it's not crazy. It is a mishnah Now I tell you the truth. Cleaning help. Whoever you have, they don't really chap what pesach cleaning is. They, they don't really. They look, for dirt. they look for dirt that that is recognizable. Anything they can get away with, they're going to get away with it. I went to a, a hotel once on pesach and I looked under the bed. It was a can of soda. What's some shot? Because the cleaning crew figured no one sees a can of soda under the bed, so they can get away with it. Cleaning ladies are wonderful people, but they're only cleaning as much as they can get away with. So they can brush it away and you won't see it. They're happy. They don't know that you're going to have problems with Pesach. So even after they wash it, we're always nervous that there'll still be mamoshes left on it. But strictly speaking, again, Minig Yisrael today is we, we, we line the fridge and we line everywhere where Chometz goes. I'm not saying you need to, but that is, we'll see more about it in the Mishnah Brew. Okay, so let's see now the, let's, Thoroughly clean, you, you take everything you're soaking, and you're using like, except stuff with ammonia, and you're cleaning it. Is it 
Strictly speaking, you don't. Strictly speaking, you don't have to. But again, Minig Yisrael today is that everyone covers everything where Chometz comes in contact. And then I find people cover things that I don't even know what they're covering. They cover funny stuff. I don't, they cover the closet. I don't know what they're covering. But in Michael's case, your case, where yeah. you have honey in the yeah. it's spilled. If you spray it with uh, some sort of ammonia, you leave it there, right? Correct. 100%. Technically speaking, if you wash everything down, you don't need to cover anything. Correct. If it's not a chid anymore, right? Okay, let's get to that. Let's get to that. Okay, here we go. So if you take a look at page number two, number 17 is Mechab and Shulchanah. This is where, now we're continuing on in the details of the kitchen. This is the easy part. So again, in the kitchen, our biggest concern is, Ben, you want to wash everything down, you want to wash the fridge down, you want to wash the counters down. Now, what about the table? Says the Mechabra, you have a table. You have a teva. Teva is also like a type of teva where they used to put hot food, hot chametz. Says the Shulchanach, they used to kasher it with irun. They would pour hot water on it. Because very often you'd it would pour, you'd slit, you'd accidentally spill out hot food on the table. So now the hot table, the table got a balia of chametz. So you want to kasher it through iray. So simple reading of the Shulchanach sounds like that all our tables should be kashered. Uh, it's made of a material. What is, what is able to be kashered? Yes. It's made of a material that's kasherable. Well, oh, we'll get to covering in a second. Right. Shulchanach doesn't talk about covering, right? We'll talk about covering in a second. <coughs> right. No, it's going to be using it. So someone asked me a shayla. He had a, a table that uh, an aide for his mother-in-law was goy, a goyisha aide used to use it, and he tells me he wants to kasher the table. I said, "Why?" He said, "Because I don't know what she did with the table." I said, "Most likely she had a plate on the table. Most likely she didn't put the the you know the the on the table. No, no one eats like that. It's just not normal." So he told me his wife suggested he throw it out. I said, "Why should you throw out the table? It's a good table. You can use it to play cards. You may, you, may, you might not want to put your food on it." So uh, I told him, you can cash it. I don't think you need to, but if you want to cash it, you can cash it with Eri, because that's probably how it ended up there, and that'd be good to go. What? I don't think so. I told him I don't think he needs to cash it. I think it's fine. Even if it's not fine, can you just cover it? Yeah, that's also needs. We'll get to that. That's the big question. Here we'll see, this is a big enough community between um, the Eretz Yisrael Dika Paiskim and what the most American Paiskim suggests. Let's see. So the Shulchan Aruch says, you cash a table. So that means your kitchen table, your dining room table, you should cash it. How many people cash their kitchen table? No hands, right? I don't think so, right? We don't cash our kitchen table. We don't cash our dining room table. Because we, co- we, we cover it. Now, Shochanah didn't say cover it. He said cash it. Huh? Oh, we'll get to that also, hopefully. So let's see. Says the Mr. Brewer, number 18. It's got to be hot food. This is what always bothers me. Everyone tumbles about how do you cash a, ch- a baby's, uh, a baby high chair. When was the last time you put hot food on the baby's high chair? You put a steaming hot piece of meat on the kid's high chair? What type of parents are we? I, mean, I, I never understood this. By the time the kid gets that food, it's mom's cold. So it's not, it's, it's not even chamin. And it's funny, I, every time my wife used to make me crazy, we had this foil upon foil upon foil. Why? What do you give your kids to eat? I imagine I'm missing something. Uh, Rabbanim give their kids hot pieces of meat on the, on the baby's uh, tray. Maybe, I don't know. I never did. I don't know. You just clean the tray and you're good. Yeah, I, I would think so. Again, no one does that today. You go to any home, you're going to see that the tray is, is with layers upon layers. I just don't get it. How do you, what, what, so they'll tell me, oh, Mia Tashmisha, maybe by mistake once we put a hot piece of chametz on the baby's tray. Like, I guess it's possible. I don't know. I always thought it was far fetched. Yatsa lettuce. You're going to give the, the baby a hot piece of, uh, piece of chametz. Okay. So the Mr. Brewer says, okay, it's got to be chametz. It's got to be hot. I will stam tevis in Sweet Hagol. 
I mean, let's say, for example, you have a table, you have an area in your house where you never put hot food on it. It's totally not used for hot, like your fridge or your freezer. You don't have to catch it because it never comes in contact with heat. Now, says the Mishtabur, how do you do Eroy? Miklirishin. You got to pour from a Miklirishin. Okay, so we'll have to talk, hopefully, not this week, we're running out of time already. How do you do Eroy? How do you do Eroy? So you got to boil up hot water. That was Al-Gabi Eish. I wanted to talk about, what about steam cleaning? Steam cleaning is a big tumble now. It's a lot cleaner, a lot safer, and a lot easier. Much more controversial. Past this, it doesn't work. That's the short answer. Probably, unless you buy a very expensive steamer, which most of us are not going to buy. They have it in the commercial places, you know, where they have to cash your places, like for hotels and things like that. But it's got to heat reach back. That's the point. It's got to get very, very hot, and it usually does not. So most, most Akhrayim, if Einstein holds, you can't cash it with steam. Steam alone. But okay, hopefully we'll get to it. So says Mr. Brew, use a cleavation. Then he says, no. Some people say you can't do Eroy on your table. Why? Oh, everyone remember Pashtida? And we learned Tilchas Brochas, we learned about Pashtida. What's Pashtida? So here, Pashtida just means a hot piece of chametz. Right? So if you have a hot piece of chametz that fell on the table, that's not Eroy anymore. Why? He says, Right? The Pashtida is used more of a cleavation, not so much of a pouring. So how do you cash your table? You have to use an Evan Malubin. What's an Evan Malubin? It's a hot piece of brick, stone, and you heat that up and you pour the water on top of it together. Then you could take hot matzah and put it on your table and you don't have to worry. You can get away with just using Eroy. Now, those people who cash their, let's say, for example, their kitchen table, do they do Evan Malubin on their kitchen table? I'd be surprised. Do they do Evan Malubin on their counters? Maybe, depending on what the counters are made out of. But we'll see. Says Mr. Buru Reischen, this is where it gets, where, here's where it gets interesting. Says Mr. Buru number 18. Says Mr. Brewer, even after I kashered my table, says Mr. Brewer, some say you still need to put a mappa, a cover, Why? So what do you see from Mr. Brewer? Always nervous about Ba'en. Again, you cash it, it's not a Belias issue. You cash it. So what are we worried about? We're worried that maybe there'll be some mamoshes that stuck around, residue left in that spot. And that is the right practice by Tevas and Mugdolim, different types of uh, tables. It's almost impossible that there won't be little stuff stuck in the cracks. If you have a smooth table, then you don't have to be machmer. So this is where a lot of people get this idea. They cover, 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 cover because of this Mr. Brewer. Mr. Brewer is pointing out over here that sometimes you can't get every little piece out. And they'll be ben. So that's why we cover, we cover, we cover everything. Well, it, it seems like you have to do both. Oh, so it sounds like for Mr. Brewer you have to do both. You have to kasher and cover. And that's what almost all the Eretz Yisrael did can write. And that's what the Chassidim do. I was talking to the guy today. He told me everyone. They kasher everything and cover everything. Which is double the work. So, should we or shouldn't we do that? So let's take a look at number 19. Says the Oznid Baru. He writes. Right? This, this whole share is a push to get people to go to hotels for Pesach. Right? The more work you do, you know, uh, it's unbelievable. You turn the Jewish magazines, every, every page is another hotel. I told someone, I'm pushing told, no one called me to come speak at a hotel. There's so many hotels out there, no one called me. 
Appella. Right? You can go, you can go with there's a Shiloh about, I was, I was, I was complaining about this in my shul. They, someone sent me an email that there's a Pesach program in Hawaii. I said, why would I want to go to a place where there's a Shiloh about the international dateline that I might be chayvi creases for eating things at the wrong time? It's Appella. I'd rather go to Egypt. I'd rather go to Egypt. There's less Isurim involved than going to Egypt. Right, Egypt leaves less shayos. You have to deal with the shayla about you're not allowed to go back to Mitzrayim. That's to Rutzen for. But the international day one is a massive shayla out of Yemazeh. What are why? Quarter or less of the price of the hotel. Oh, taka, really? Yeah. yeah. I have friends of mine that always okay. come to Europe. I couldn't understand why. I have a friend of mine who's going this year. Okay. $8,500 for the hotel for That's his wife and four kids. That's not bad. That's not bad. I don't know. <laughs> I think the problem is a lot. The problem is that we create, we make everyone so crazy, so people say themselves, I'm not going to deal with it, so they just they, they, they go away. Okay. Uh, yeah, so let's see. So what do we do? So Zog to Oznidbru, number 19, says Oznidbru. Again, Mr. Brewer says that what the reason why you have to do Evan Malubin is because you're worried about Pashtida. Does Nidbru points out that the Mishmarini both? He writes, He thinks that maybe we're afraid that the cover won't do a good job. But if you can assume that the cover is not going to go anywhere, wow! So you don't have to worry. That's good to go. That's good to go. Right, right. That's good to go. That's good to go. So if you look over here very quickly, number twenty twenty is Rishmuvakamanetsky. That's what he writes. Anything that you cover, you don't have to kasher. Now, again, I'm not going to lie to you. Not everyone agrees to that. But if you just quickly jump to number 23, this is from Nissan Karelitz. He writes, Shish, the countertops. Didon, hamatuka bimitbachim. Umesimin shom gam kteris reseches. Again, the counters are a problem. Because if you put direct hot pots on the counters, they can absorb. But take a look very quickly at 23b. How do you cash when you move into a new house? How do you cash the counters? And the answer is you do iroi. So then listen karelitz. That if you cover with something thick, you don't need to do iroi. You put silver foil. So you have another tzad hakel that if you're going to not want to cash everything, so all you got to do is cover it with a thick covering that doesn't open, doesn't peel, and you are good to go. That's if you hold it doesn't absorb, depending on what you hold it for granted. Right? That's a question. Shayish. Probably a better way to pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Say, yeah, yeah. So we say here that, for the most part, either clean or... The way, again, in Eretz Yisrael, the majority of the place can hold do both. Here it seems like most people only do one or the other. Either kasher... Right, but again, either one should do it, unless you're worried about the end. But if you wash it down well, then, uh, again, the problem is if, if someone walks into the house and says, why is it not covered? I mean, Belsky once said, the look of a kitchen on Pesach is covering everywhere. That was his line. If you walked into someone's house, you don't see things covered, they'll get all nervous. What's going on over there? That's right, they should see covered. But at least we should understand what we're doing. We should understand, we should understand what we're doing.